On today's Locked On Texan podcast, we finally get an opportunity to dive into our Locked On Texans mock draft part one. Who Cody and I want at number three, but before we dive into that, the franchise tag deadline is tomorrow. We are shooting this Monday evening. What makes sense? What are the numbers currently projected to look like and more? But first, Cody, start the countdown. Are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back in, everybody, to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texan podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. I'm John, some sports guy, Hickman. Joined by none other than Cody Davis of Sports Illustrated, here and ready to talk to Texans. And thank you for making us your number one listen and first listen of the day. We are free and available on all major podcasting platforms. I know a lot of people are super excited of this upcoming NFL draft in April. And my God, Cody Jordan Davis may have stole the show over the weekend with his four seven forty. Then you got the young man from. Uh, Baylor, who, you know, I, I think his unofficial time may have broken the 40, the combine record for the 40. I want to say the 4-2-1, I believe he hmm. ran unofficially. The 40s were amazing. Christian Watson, he's another guy, an amazing uh, combine day to start off uh, the, the path to the draft. And I'm super excited, but I, I think Jordan Davis at 350 pounds, 6'6", six, six, ran a 4'7". I think he may have stolen the weekend from all the other prospects. But Cody, before we talk about the NFL draft and our mock draft, the Texans franchise tag is a very important discussion to have. Right now we are shooting this, recording this rather, at 6.52 Monday evening, you guys will see this on Tuesday, and the franchise tag deadline is for 3 p.m. What do we know currently? Well, we know that this is Justin Reed's final year of that contract. Uh, Nick Asirio has spoken with Justin Reed's representation, and he's open to bringing him back. Justin Reed has also been uh, praised the addition, the hiring, rather, of Lovey mm-hmm. Smith. Uh, he would like to play for Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith has also expressed how he would like Justin Reed back. Also, Kamu Grugier Hill, defensive lineman Malik Collins, and cornerback Desmond King all qualified to receive the franchise tag. And the franchise tag for safeties at this time is right under $13 million at $12.9 million, which is what if the Houston Texans do franchise tag Justin Reed, that is what they will be forced to pay him for one season. And again, guys, this is a team that currently sits with, with between $17 and $18 million in salary cap space. Of course, expect the Texans, led by Nick Casario, to be very aggressive and getting more money, finding ways to get that 17 over $20 million, as we saw him do last year. And this is a, a team that's one of re, rebuilding, wants to sign major players, um, and we mentioned last week that Nick Casario came out at the combine at the podium and plainly put it, 
we want guys, but if your value and role does not equal to what we can afford, then chances are we're going to let you walk. And I think that's why we may have not heard Houston actively or aggressively saying that uh, Justin Reed will get franchised. I don't expect Justin Reed to get franchised tomorrow by the 3 p.m. deadline. I could be wrong, but I definitely see them allowing him to test free agency. And by the way, this may affect what they do in their own free agency, looking for different players to bring in and the NFL draft as well. You know, I agree with you, John. I do not see Justin Reed receiving that franchise tag. And, you know, Reed is a very interesting case because, look, I'm not going to lie to you, John, listeners and viewers. I would love to see Justin Reed re-sign with the Houston Texans and give it another go. But what will it take for him to re-sign with this team? And what would the Houston Texans be willing to give? Because, John, you just mentioned his franchise tag is a little under $13 million. And let's be honest, if the Texans do end up re-signing Reed, I'm pretty sure that he his market value is actually set somewhere around that same price range. And if I'm the Houston Texans, I'm looking at this from a standpoint, look, I love Justin Reed. I love what he has been doing here in the community in the city of Houston yes. ever since he's been drafted in 2018. Not only that, we know how valuable he is to the Texans defense, but there are still questions surrounding Justin Reed. John, you know, ever since you and I started covering this team, I always consider Reed to be a tier two safety in this league. And here we are three years later. By the way, we made three years this month. But here we are wow. three years later. Wow. <laughs> and um, I still have not seen I still have not seen any progression in Justin Reed. I haven't seen, but on the flip side of things, I haven't seen much of a de- of, of a degression as well. So it's gonna be interested to see what the Houston Texans do with Justin Reed. Once again, I would love to see him come back here in the city of Houston. But at the same time, I feel like they can do better, better, whether that's finding a better safety in free agency or finding a better safety that can actually be a little bit more beneficial to their rebuilding process in the draft. Yeah, absolutely. And I also would like to mention that if you do bring Justin Reed back, I think it's imperative for Levy Smith and Nick Serio, which I'm sure this is on their plans. If we're going to bring him back, how can we actually get the max out of this player? And what we've talked about several times before on this show is, you know, Justin Reed, the best version of him is when he has a good, solid running mate, a mm-hmm. consistent running mate, right? And so, you know, I immediately look to what the Houston Texans could possibly do in the NFL draft to bring in a solid running mate for Justin Reed to play with that may have a higher ceiling or this free agency. But I think when you look at the franchise tag of $12.9 million, I don't think they're going to get that done, as I already mentioned. And so then I look at what his market value would be. And if we're calling him a tier two safety, which I think is fair to say, do we look at around an annual uh, salary of nine to $10 million for Justin Reed? I think that'll be fair. Then we look at how Houston would be able to not only shell out that money for Justin Reed, who all parties have expressed uh, the wanting to come back, then you also have to fill other positions out. And so I don't expect Nick Casero to stretch himself thin. This is how, um, and I think this is the reason why Nick Casario is going to be a good GM because he knows how to get some of these deals done. This is when 
his real strong suit comes in the case. So skills that we I love our, our from Nicholas Hero comes in the case. How can you get the max out of a player without jeopardizing what you can do for the rest of the roster? And I also like to go on record by saying there's no way I'll franchise tagging Malik Collins or Kamu Gugier Hill um, or Desmond King. You didn't draft any of these players. It, none of these players are a tier, a top tier level player. And I like Malik Collins maybe more than all of the uh, other three candidates or other two. When I look at Hill and King, but you draft the read. So if you're not going to use that franchise tag on a player you drafted and has played some solid football over you, I don't see the Texans uh, using that tag on a player that you brought in for one year that you want to keep around. And those franchise tag numbers for defensive tackles are a whole lot higher, higher than it is for safeties. Hey, Cody. Before we dive into the uh, mock draft, so you cover the Houston Texans for for, uh, Sports Illustrated, correct? Mm -hmm. Of course, I already knew that. But you also cover the Atlanta Falcons, right? Yes, sir. And uh, what was that news that we just talked about, you know, throughout social media today with the Atlanta Falcons and (laughs) Calvin Ridley (laughs) being placed on a suspension for one year for better $1,500? Yeah, man. By the way, by the way, I hate knowing that that happened because we were hearing rumors that the Falcons were actually going to shop really around. And I was actually thinking about how can the Texans get involved? Well, it looks like I ain't got to worry about that now. <laughs> can't get, can't, can't worry about that. And I wonder if he used betonline.net uh, to place those bets because he placed those bets over his phone. But ladies and gentlemen, the football season is over. I get it. Some of you may be still shedding tears because your team had Jimmy G and was not able to beat, you know, uh, the Rams when they had an opportunity to do so. But the basketball season is in full uh, steam right now for both pro and college hoops. Go Rockets. I love you guys, even though you brush break my heart all the time. But from all of the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline has you covered for hockey, boxing, UFC, Olympic coverage, all down to your Vegas casino games as well. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about all of the latest trends and action. Because Bet Online is where the game starts. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. By the way, I do want to open up and mention that I have Cabo's, uh, one of the Houston's hotspots in Edo, East, East Downtown, Texas, uh, Houston. Man, y'all better get out there. Y'all better get out there, man. Check out their combos ASAP. And continuing here with this Tuesday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I want to start a new series here called Pre-Free Agency Mock Draft, where John and I are going to discuss whether or not every single prospect that he and I select actually fits with the Houston Texans. Is it a good pick? Is it an okay pick? Or is it a bad pick? And the reason why John and I want to discuss the do a mock draft before the start of free agency 
as we mentioned in the first segment, especially considering a guy like Justin Reed, a lot of what the Houston Texans will do to revamp this roster heading into the 2022 season will be based on who they are able to pick up in free agency and, of course, the players they will be able to trade off when the NFL new calendar year starts in the next couple of weeks. Now, with that being said, let's get this pre-free agency mock draft started. John wanted me to go first. And the Houston Texans for Cody Davis is on the clock. And their pick is in. <laughs> and with the third pick for Cody Davis, the Houston Texans select safety Kyle Hamilton for Notre Dame. And for those of you guys who have been following this podcast over the last couple of weeks, you should not be surprised by my selection because I have been very high on Kyle Hamilton, especially considering that the Houston Texans really do need to revamp their secondary. You look at a guy like Kyle Hamilton, he is arguably, if not the best defensive back entering the 2022 NFL draft. And what I like most about Hamilton is, Yes, he is a defensive back who can go out and make plays on the ball. He finished his collegiate career with eight interceptions and 16 pass deflections. But what I like most about him, he is a guy that you can actually put in and actually help fill in those defensive gaps. And remember, John, listeners and viewers, over the last two seasons at least, this has been an area of the Texans' defense that they have struggled with, especially at stopping the run. You get a guy like Kyle Hamilton, who is physical. As a matter of fact, he ended his collegiate career with 138 total tackles, and he is a guy known for when you need somebody to come in and fill those gaps and stop the run, he is a guy that can actually go out there and make those plays. Yeah, I like that Hamilton can get dirty. Uh, but when I look at the combine, Second overall in broad jump, 10.1. Uh, third overall with his vertical at 38. In his 40, he ran a 4.5. And fifth overall, his 20-yard shuttle with a 4.3. Uh, but when I watch his game, one thing that I like about his game is I want to say JT Woods out of Baylor, and I had an opportunity to speak with him at the senior ball. I think he ran a 4.3. I think mm. the highest 40 ran was a 4.3, 1.432 for safeties. And Kyle Hamilton, you look at the 4-5 and, you know, you may say, well, he doesn't have that speed. One thing that I love about Kyle Hamilton on the field is he knows how to take angles when the ball is in the air. And, uh, you know, somebody like that that knows how to take those angles can make the plays on the ball, knows to have those instinctual, uh, you know, definitive how to get the ball away and take it away. That's what I like out of a player when I look at Kyle Hamilton. And he's smart. He knows the game of football. And we look at – when I look at Lovey Smith, I look at a coach that coached the likes of Peanut Tillman, a guy that knew how to take the ball away. Uh, one year, I think Peanut led the league in forced fumbles. I don't know if you guys remember yeah, he that. he did. Uh, I think it was a span of a couple of years where he was the top guy at creating those turnovers by way of fumble. And so I look at a Kyle Hampton who plays safety and not corner – but I look at somebody that you can move down in the box, use them in that run game, as you just mentioned, Cody. Uh, kind of free roam at times, right? A player that jumps out and reminds me of uh, what we could possibly get out of Kyle Hamilton if the Texans go that route is a Troy Palomalo, hmm. where he can just do a bunch of different things on the football field, on the defensive side, 
that can truly, you know, cause chaos for offenses once he understands the NFL, get up to NFL speed and learn how to play it and change games for the Houston Texans. And so when I look at the Houston Texans, I look at a team who's picking at three. And if I'm going all the way back to the 2010s, I'm looking at Quentin Nelson. I mean, I'm sorry, Quentin Williams was drafted at number three, uh, Trey Lance. The jury is still out on him, of course. But then I go to Joey Bosa. I go to Dante Fowler. I go to Marcel Darius. I go to Gerald McCord. I go to some players that were drafted at number three that helped change their franchise in some form or fashion. And so we look at Houston. We look at Kyle Hamilton. We're going to look at who I think the Houston Texans should draft. I don't think Houston should do one thing, and this is what we've seen our franchise do, and that's overthinking. That's overthinking. The best player will be available, or the top prospect, the top players, whether it's Kyle Hamilton or whoever it will be available at three, will be available. Don't overthink it. Draft it. I wouldn't necessarily be mad at Kyle Hamilton. I just bigged up your boy. I can't wait to talk about who I think the Texans should go ahead and draft, uh, draft at number three because, hey, man, a guy who I thought stole the show, well, he isn't necessarily who I think the Texans should draft at number three, but I got somebody who – when I look at somebody where people may be overthinking it on how good this young man is, he comes to mind. So I can't wait to talk about it. This episode is, however, brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to carry and stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. When you have a computer with the access to rockauto.com at home, we got these little, you know, these phones right here all the time in our pocket. Go ahead and check out the website. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership where you can check it out with Rock Auto for a cheaper price. Example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, $216 from Rock Auto. You're saving over $100. Who doesn't like to save money? Because you can take that money that's saved and put it in your tank with these ridiculous gas prices. I had to get that out of the way. One thing I love about Rock Auto, the prices are reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked On Texans in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know the Locked On Texans, Cody and John, that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. Excuse me, it's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, Cody. The fans are in the stands. We have the watch party. Mm-hmm. Right, got the food going. Got the, you know, we we in Houston, the barbecue going somewhere. Somebody on a brisket, somebody on a beer. Kids running around. The stadium is bright. The families are in the in the seats. They want to see how their franchise can turn it all around with the number three pick. Am I right or wrong? 
No, you're right. 100% right. And unfortunately, when I was a kid, I always envisioned myself walking down the hall, <laughs> getting my name called by Roger Goodell. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. It turned out to be differently in my life. However, now I'm you're stuck here with me. You. Now I'm stuck with you, right? <laughs> and our difference is at number three, because I'm excited to bring to you who I think the Houston Texans should draft at number three. So selecting at number three, the card is getting ran down. Well, we got they got phones, right? They could probably text the game, but the Houston Texans are now on the clock. Cody. Kevon Thibodeau would be a Houston Texan if it's up to me. First and foremost, a four or five forty. Bench press 225, 27 times with longer arms, by the way. And so that's a little bit harder to do. The strength is there. The speed is there. The freakish ability and just how he can use his athleticism is there. By the way, also spoke about how he would love to play for hmm. Lovey Smith. That's there. And I know a lot of you guys may be looking at this as a, as a con instead of a pro, but he compared himself to Jadavion Clowney. And we know how much of a freak athlete Jadavion Clowney is, um, or at least was for the Houston Texans coming out of college in South Carolina. I think injuries played a factor in why we didn't see the full ability of what we could have got out of Jadavion Clowney. Also, I, I want to add a little bit of mismanagement there. Also, I don't, I don't believe Clowney should have ever left the Houston Texans. But hmm. one thing I like about Thibodeau, is his self-consciousness. Uh, Thibodeau said he wasn't really totally pleased with his combine. Uh, said he thought it was okay in average form, had a good split. Uh, he continued with he just didn't finish as well as he wanted to on the back end. So he wasn't necessarily pleased with the day. I love how he knows and he's in tune what he needs to do to become a better player. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, I mentioned how the Houston Texans should not make this you know this pick uh science to an extent right remember he had 36 tackles for loss in his career at oregon which doesn't get talked about enough for me or can get lost in the shuffle uh, he's great against the run which if you're going to be a complete dominant defensive end or at that edge position i would want you to be great at the run also at getting after the quarterback because at least I know if you're good at the run, then that means you're good with playing your assignment to a certain extent, of course. Uh, and he knows he can get better at finishing off sacks. He had a career of 18.5 or 19.5 sacks at Oregon. Thibodeau also acknowledged that he left a handful of those sacks on the field last season because he got stuck on blocks. Also noted when asked about his flaws, there's nothing a coach can tell me that I don't already know because I'm that honest with myself and watch the tape. He's in the war room, ladies and gentlemen. He's in the film room watching what he needs to do to get better, and he's watching his opponent. So his opponent. So I also think that teams are scared or, or fans may be scared from wanting a player like this because of his own understanding and self-consciousness as a player person. However, I see a player that's mature enough to understand and knows what he needs to do to become that elite athlete and football player. Listen, he already mentioned his number one goal is to win a Super Bowl. 
is to be defensive MV, uh, rookie of the year, is to win MVPs. And a lot of people have gotten caught up because he has been very vocal about his brand, right? He wants to be a branded player. Also, um, was it early in the year or late last year? He started to, I want to say, create his own cryptocurrency or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And so people, kind of these old school thought ways of, you know, if, if one is important, then the other one isn't as important. And I'm looking at his brand is important for him. So a lot of people are calling him a diva. It doesn't care about football because in their mind, they think it's not as important as a, being a brand player. Ladies and gentlemen, some of the best players we see. Miles Garrett has a brand, right? He's one of the most unstoppable forces in the NFL. Uh, at, at one point, well, Brady has a brand. Like some of these guys, they have brands because life at the football, your, your football life isn't that long. That's a short span. So brands matter. But don't discredit or discount what this young man could do on the field. Don't do that. Don't make this that hard. He's spoken about that. He, you know, he mentioned those comments and said, football is number one for me. Without football and the life lessons, I wouldn't have these other opportunities, quote unquote, to have these brands, to make myself a brand, I'd say. So at number three, I'm looking at a player that I think has the potential to be a perennial, perennial pro bowler that can also help another young player in Jonathan Grenard on the opposite side that can also help your interior defensive lineman. And so if the front four is getting help from this one player, then the back half of the defense is going to be good too. They're going to get the help as well. And that'll make everybody's job easier. Ladies and gentlemen, I think Thibodeau should be the Texans' number uh, first pick overall for them at number three, bar none. Yeah, I like that pick. And actually, John, he is the second player that I would like to see the Houston Texans select with that number three overall pick if given the opportunity. And as we all know, the Houston Texans did have an opportunity to interview him at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis last weekend. I'm going to go ahead and just make this comparison really quick because I know we're going to get this in the comments. But I do believe the upside for Kevon Thibodeau is actually bigger than the upside for a guy like Aiden Hutchinson. And I said that because when I take a look at Hutchinson, I see a guy who is prob probably more so one-dimensional. Dimension it seems like his best attribute is probably his only attribute, and that is he knows how to get after the quarterback. I mean, this is a guy who did finish his senior year at Michigan with 14 sacks, and that's pretty good. But when I take a look at a guy like Kevon Thibodeau, and as a matter of fact, John, I do 100% agree with him. I do see a lot of Jadavion Clowney in that young man because when I look at Clowney here with the Houston Texans, no, he did not develop into the star defensive end that we thought we was getting when they selected him number one overall. Hate to say it over Aaron Donalds during the um, 2014 NFL draft. But I will say to this, playing alongside J.J. Watt did not give him the opportunity to go out there and rack up those stats and be that monstrous defensive end that we all was expecting. But along with D.J. Reader. The loss of Jadavion Clowney, the Texans in their run defense has not looked good. It has struggled ever since then. When I look at a guy like, like Kevon Thibodeau, you're talking about one of, if not the best defensive lineman in this upcoming draft who knows how to stop the run. And when I take a look at this defensive line for the Houston Texans, look, 
John Grenard, it seems like all he has to do is stay healthy and he can rack up those sacks. But when I take a look at this offensive line, they need a guy that they can depend on to not only get after the quarterback, but also stop the run. And that guy is Kevon Thibodeau. I, I, like, I, I wouldn't be mad if they do have an opportunity to draft um, Aiden Hutchinson. As a matter of fact, he would actually be third, maybe fourth on that list for guys who could be available at number three. But I think, you know, you take a look at Hamilton, take a look at Thibodeau, the Houston Texans would be, this would be a win-win situation for the Texans at pick number three. Now, the rest of them, I think that's what we really going to be debating and saying we either yeah. we hate that pick or love that pick or it's really okay because outside of number three, the Texans have so many possibilities that they can do and need to do to plug in a lot of these holes on this roster. Absolutely. And I mentioned, I would like to mention that uh, just a you know, little tidbit out there. Thibodeau did mention that he'd like to at his pro day workout for the D-line and the linebackers as well, you know, just in case a 3-4 defense wants to work him out or draft him, then he'll be able to kind of show off his skill set there. So mm -hmm. uh, this is a player, man, that can do a lot of different things on the NFL field. And I, I like versatility. And if I know this mm -hmm. team, like I've covered over the last couple of years, they also like versatility. That's not a knock on any other guys like a Kyle Hamilton who we mentioned in the second segment, or Aiden Hutchinson, who I think he's a good player as well. I just really like Thibodeau, man. I think he can do a bunch of different things for uh, a NFL team. And I cover the Texans, and it makes sense for the Houston Texans to bring him in. I know a lot of people may be in the comments saying and screaming to themselves, Malik Willis, Malik Willis, Malik Willis, Malik Willis. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a Davis Mills Truth to Show. Yes, sir. With that being said, I'm Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. Thank you for checking out today's Locked On Texan podcast. Remember, check us out tomorrow as we continue our mock draft. And this is where a lot of you really want to get involved. And I can't wait to see who you think should be selected at three or just continuing down in the NFL draft. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Like us on Facebook. And of course, like you guys have been doing a great job of comment and subscribe to the Locked On Texans podcast on YouTube. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. I am thinking about changing 24 to 10. Why number 10? Because of General Mills. <laughs> Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> peace.